And as you are thinking about that, Selsig, I'm going to jump over to Urash. Um, <laughs> Greta, you're as just you're in time to hear the license, by the way. Hastily trying to forge a license. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, like... Yes, I do. What in the world is that? And then, like, quickly, like, in crayon, like, it's, it's like the dude from Papers, Please, like, in crayon, like, I is license, like, you know, I is gamble good. Um, I don't know anything. Just deny it. You could just walk down the stairs and leave, Greta. You could just, like, walk right out, like, you didn't want. I don't know these people. I could look at this, get very, very tired. Yeah, you could. This is, this is your way out. <laughs> exactly. No one would blame you. You could just walk out of the door and go back to your old life. <laughs> oh, hello, Ekag. Uh, what's up, Ekag? How are you doing? Hey. Uh oh, hide your hide your raffle winnings. Ekag has arrived. Um, what's up, Ekag? Uh, okay, so um, let's see. Uh, we're good to that, and we're good to that, and we're good to that. Lovely. All right. Um, the House of Heroes I want to explain a little bit about, which is it's this very large, kind of impressive-looking building. Um, and, of course, it is a, uh, it is a house for uh, those who worship Tempest, the Lord of Battles. Uh, so we'll talk more about the implications of that in a minute. Orash, as you're making your way uh, there, are you looking for anything in particular on the streets? Or are you just kind of head down? Like, what's your state of mind as you're heading to this thing? So, like, when I left the tavern, I'll have asked the nearest person if they knew where the house... I knew I know it's in the Sea Ward, and I know I'm kind of near the Sea Ward, but I'll, I'm asking the nearest person if they know where either the uh, Fields of Triumph or the House of Heroes is, and I'll go kind of where they point me in that direction, um, and then ask, like, the next person a few streets on, if that makes sense. Yes, like, and they, they are all pretty much giving you the same information, which is sort yeah. of passing you on to this large structure that you've circled over there. Um, in that direction uh, and you notice that there's a little bit fewer people around there but it is rather impressive looking um, you also know that this uh, temple was a strong temple of healing like a, like a lot of people uh, went there for healing especially of course after combat and war um, standing outside on the steps leading up to these two large wooden doors that lead in there is a great um, basically an axe uh, crossed with a hammer uh, that is over the top of these doors and standing in front you can see someone who looks like they are in a robe of some kind, possibly a religious figure. Um, the, ro the robed guard is, if that is a guard, is standing at the top of the stairs in front of the double doors. Uh, I, will, I will approach the robed figure. Uh, do, do I notice anything? Are they armored? Are they armed under the robe or anything like that? Um, you can't figure? tell from here. You don't see anything okay. obvious. And this is this is kind of the, the, the big a big building where people have pointed me towards when yes. I've been asking where is the house. Okay, yes. I'll approach. Either they're all lying in a large conspiracy, or <laughs> or this is it. Well, at this stage, I wouldn't put it past you. <laughs> <laughs> so as you come up the stairs to uh, talk to the person, um, as they get close, uh, you can see he um, throws back his hood and um, as you can sort of see him he throws back his hood and sort of falls into a fighting stance uh, immediately there is an axe in his hand and you catch the glint of some kind of metal or silver inside his robes he very much is armed and he says halt before the house of heroes Tempest resides within and only those who worship him may enter it if they've got the strength I'm I bow. I've automatically drawn my axe as well as a, a reflex action. Okay. By the I way, bow. you notice zero reaction from anyone around. This may happen more than once. Yeah. This is just how people say hello in our world. Uh, just making a quick note there. Um, yeah. Axe drawn. I'll bow my head. Uh, I too am a, a follower of Tempest. I've been for many years. I uh, I seek counsel. Is probably the best word I can describe it as. And um, he says, Counsel. Counsel is the sort of thing we provide if it is accompanied with might. Why exactly have you come seeking counsel then? And what is your name, my son? My name is Urash. I was born in the northern realm of Asar in Palashuk. I, uh, I have a situation that means I may not be of my own faculties to follow all of the edicts that Tempest outlines and I am concerned that that would shake my faith and also stop me becoming who I need to be in the next life 
in his honor. And um, the person sort of squints, looks you up and down, um, and says... Before he can actually say anything, I'll hold out my axe and I'll say this this item may break my faith and I need counsel to understand my to understand Tempest's word better. And he sort of nods um, he nods and sort of looks and says alright, I think then you're going to need to speak to and he sort of stops and thinks about it and then says, yes, you'll need to speak to the Rothat for sure. Now, you know that uh, there are different hierarchies in Tempest. The clergymen of Tempest are known as hammers, and there are different sort of levels of it. If you had to guess, um, although you haven't had a lot of experience with the organized part of this, uh, Urash, but if you had to guess, um, this person that you're looking at is probably a Hardar, which is a warrior priest, basically. The reason you know that is because the warrior priests generally wear breastplates. Like, basically, you get better armor as you kind of move up, you know, in the list. Um, and a Rotat is uh, basically a sword master. Um, Rotats are fairly high up in the order. The highest priests that you've got um, are called uh, Werelon that actually have gilded plate mail that allows them to fly. Like, they're pretty badass but that's that's like there's not a lot of those like they're they're the <laughs> highest of higher ups um it's pretty much like it's pretty much like anime like i mean there's just no no way to describe it it's pretty much anime um but the rothot are a couple steps down from that the way to describe it would be like uh basically you got pope archbishop and then bishop like these guys would be cardinals or bishops like fairly significant in the order if it is indeed a rothot um, but not the toppest, not not the toppest, really toppest, not the highest toppest. order, toppest or or toppest. That's the that's the toppest language. That's the toppest you, tier you yeah. could ever use. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, but yeah, they're they're not the highest of the order. So, yeah. and he says, um, you might want to speak to the Rathat. Will you come and see him? Absolutely. He says, very well. Then come forward, and let your axe blade remain towards the ground. And, uh, yeah. I love he, and he turns and he takes his axe that he's holding and he swings it and it's sort of weird because it looks like he's attacking the doors and as he swings at the doors like open up in front of his attack as if like that's how you do it um, and the doors open and he strides in and says you may follow and strides into this room I will follow him. And as a side note, even though Urash has gone through quite a lot of quite deep stuff recently, and that's what's caused him to to go through this kind of uh, uh, spiritual guidance uh, mission, he is secretly like squeeing really hard inside because he loves the fact that this place exists. He's like, oh my god, this is amazing! <laughs> it's barbarian Disneyland! Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so yes. Uh, it, and it is, in fact, very impressive. These soaring roofs and of course, now, most temples are built with sort of like aspects of peace. The temples of Tempest generally look as much like fortresses as anything else. There are lots of weapons. There are stained glass windows here, but all of them have these crossed knives. Um, some of the knives and swords look to be, in the stained glass, look to be almost broken. Um, and you think that maybe one of the orders is actually known as the Order of Broken Blades. Basically those who have, you know, been hurt in Tempest's service and now they just heal warriors because they can't fight themselves. Um, that's one of the orders there but as you sort of stride in after this person who's you know moving forward you notice several other of the uh, cloaked figures who all kind of look at you as you pass by some of them just move their robe enough that you can see there's like the hilt of a weapon there like there's by the time you get to the sort of front there's a good like 20 people that are behind you of some kind or another cloaked and clearly all all packing heat like basically all got armor <laughs> um, so yeah so um, as you're as you're sort of moving up to the front, you can see that there is one person uh, who has his back turned uh, in front of this great um, statue of what clearly is uh, Tempest Lord of Battles. Um, you can actually see that he's on the back of this armored boar is what it looks like this massive armored boar and you can see this full plate mail um, what looks like some you know, you know, probably the god of Temp Cod Tempest, if you had to guess, with an axe that is filled with blood that is dripping from it. Um, this kind of iconography you can see up there near the altar, and as you walk up close to it, you can see that someone is turned away and is uh, currently, you know, worshiping it or something like that. 
Um, and as they come close, the person who first accosted you um, says, Rothat, I have brought one who seeks your advice and guidance. And this guy uh, turns around. Now, he does not have a cloak on. And when he turns around, you can see that he is dressed in plate mail with shoulder spikes. And the only big difference is that on his front, he has what looks like this um, uh, dagger that is shown diagonally, and its point is in the upper right, and it's dripping these four drips of blood. Now, I want you to make, uh, at advantage for me, a check, a history check for me, please. Mm -hmm. So we can see if you know what that is. Oh, I didn't do it at advantage. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, you can roll again. But we'll, we'll 16 day. Maybe. Roll the other one just in case. Let's certainly do better than that. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, you're almost positive that that is a symbol. Is he a steel frank? Uh, yes, the Order of the Steel Frank. Oh, yes! <laughs> um, which is an elite fighting order within the Church of Tempest. Uh, generally often assigned to the most dangerous duties. So if this dude was one of those, like this is like, you know... Secret service, you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're <laughs> this guy's like an elite. And he's like the hell jumper of Tempest yes. followers. <laughs> and he can turn, you see as he turns, you can see that he's got white, uh basically white gray hair. Um he has a uh neatly trimmed beard, and he has a fairly large scar on his right cheek. Um and as he sees you, he looks forward with his arms folded, and he looks down upon you and he says, You've come for advice, have you? Then I am here to provide it if I may. But I must ask you, who do you worship? I worship Tempest. And uh, he says, indeed, how may we know this is true? There are others who have come here asking for counsel or sanction or sanctuary who have lied about their allegiance. And what of you? How can you prove your faith? I'm going to gesture to my side because one of the conversations uh, you and I had off when I first started this campaign was I have a crudely carved tattoo on my side of the symbol of Tempest. Yep. And the reason it's crude is because Urash did it himself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's basically like a scarification type thing. Yep. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to uh, save up some of the money from my identification uh, stint a little while ago, because I wanted to get a proper tattoo of Tempest's symbol somewhere okay. on his body. So I kind of show, show him this kind of scarred symbol. It kind of looks like the shield with a flaming dagger <laughs> on it. Look at it in the right light and squint a bit and yep. ignore the fact that, you know, there are also cut marks all over it. Um, so I show him that. I say, I gave myself this when I was very young and I found Tempest's way. Um, and I've followed the order ever since. And he nods and he says, you gave yourself this mark, but who gave you your faith? When did you hear the call to battle? When did the desire for blood and conflict and honor enter your veins? When I was quite young, oh. that was... Sorry, did you want to... Yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, you're quite right, Classic. I forgot... <laughs> I forgot that I had the the in music playing. <laughs> da, 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 that's not that's not really Yeah, that's sorry. Very fitting. That's uh let's how about we not do that? Uh give me just a second. You were having a very jolly time. I just yeah, like like not really not what I was that was really silly of me. Um Okay, that's better. Much better. Yeah, thanks, Classic. <laughs> like, all these guys are also like, da, 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 da. Oh, man. All right, sorry. Um, on we go. So, um, oh, and the, the giveaway is pig dragon. <laughs> the giveaway word. Nice. Okay. Uh, so, back to back we go. Sorry about that. So, um, he asks you, like, how did you get this faith? I first took up arms when I was very small when a raiding party attacked our village and they killed two of my friends in front of me. I attacked one of the marauders and I felt the power flow through me. I was waist high at that point. I was too young, I hadn't been bloodied. I was too young to understand really what I was doing, but I knew that I had to be involved in that fight. 
and I knew that war had come to me and if I wasn't going to take up arms then I was a coward and I knew I couldn't do that. My one of the tribal leaders in Palashuk uh, told me that I fought with ferocity and I fought bravely and I should go to a nearby temple and I say temple and I gesture to the the building around us it this this is a temple the the place where I went it was near Castle Perilous in the north was a small hut run by maybe two battle brothers maybe a few acolytes and maybe a, a, a stalwart priest but they showed me the way of Tempest and they taught me his edict and I've followed it ever since he sort of nods he says that is a good story and would indicate your commitment to the faith and he sort of turns half away and then he says the question really is whether or not that faith is supported by action and he turns now I need you to make a dexterity saving throw here okay Okay, his um, so his uh, axe swings out at you, and let's see whether it's going to hit you or not. Uh, pull up my dice roller. Did I see it coming? Nope. <laughs> Damn it. Oh <laughs> uh, well, let me let me see. Uh. That's why I was doing the dexterity saving throw. Uh, yeah, yes, but why? Because I get advantage on dexterity saving throws against effects that I can see. In that case, I'd say yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm probably going to goose this one completely as well. Try that again. Mm, yeah, more or less. Dexterity is not my thing. Fortunately, um, fortunately, it actually misses you. Um, <laughs> And he pauses and sort of waits, and he looks to see what you're going to do. He doesn't I attack, attack him. immediately. What? I will I will dive for him. I don't really want to draw the axe. I don't want to use the axe, but I will dive for him. And I will try and grapple him to the ground. Okay. Go ahead and make a strength check for me. I'll take athletics here, too. Different type. Yeah, I'll go with athletics. <laughs> I had a feeling. Well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, maybe yeah, I... even even plus eight. Yeah, know. I know. Um, good news is uh, he did not do as well. So um, you basically have him and gradually begin to bear him to the ground. You notice, by the way, that there are, as I said, there's a number of people behind you, but they don't do anything. They're not moving to interfere or anything. So you gradually bear him to the ground, and finally you have him on the ground. He's kind of like. Ah, what do you? I will. You I will do? say to him, we end this quickly as he di as he dictates. We do not drag this out. And um, he nods and he says, "Good, as it should be." Then. And you see that he sort of smiles at you. All right, I'll get off him and I'll offer him my hand to help him up. And he takes it and he, you you help him up and he's a formidable like you can kind of feel his weight even as you're kind of picking him up and he says. Hmm. Good. You are worthy of advice. And he says, um, that'll be all, he says to the one who had stood at the front of the door, that stood at the front of the doors of the temple. And he says, um, follow me. And, uh, did you say what your name was? I think you did, right? You said you were Urash? Yes. Yeah. Um, he says, follow me, Urash. And he, uh, takes you into this back office, basically. It looks like that. It's a room in the back, but where there is this, you mentioned the symbol before, this great symbol of a um, shield, like a red shield with a sword and then flame behind it, um, which looks like your tattoo, except, you know, <laughs> actually yeah. done properly um, <laughs> on the uh, wall behind him. And um, there is just in there a wooden desk and a chair, and that's it, just a wooden desk and a chair. So he comes into the desk, he comes behind the desk, sits down in the chair, and he looks up at you and he says, so you have a question for me then. I'll put my axe on the table and I'll sit down and I'll motion to the axe 
this is this is my problem. I have I need advice. I have been placed under a curse. And this curse will take my ability to follow Tempest's laws and the laws of war if I'm not careful. And I don't know if I can I don't I need guidance because of it. And he can see like I'm I'm shaking a bit as I'm talking about this. Okay. Um it partially like there's emotion and anger there as well. Like I can't believe something has made me made this may put me in this position. Um I don't know if this I've never attacked an enemy from behind and I've never attacked someone who's unarmed and I've never attacked an enemy's home or family or anything like that and I think this would at the worst point make me do that he, so he looks at you and he kind of looks down at the axe and then back up at you his eyes narrow a little bit and he says why why would this do this to you this is the axe of blood also known as the axe of the berserker you see I'm his told. eyes widen slightly a little bit at that go on Mm, and I'm, I'm told by. Uh, oh, do I know the the chap's name who identified it? Uh, yeah, Kaliostris, I think. Kaliostris, brother Kaliostris, and right. uh, brother Kaliostris in yes, it was. Uh, Neverwinter at the House of Knowledge informed me that the history of this axe is one of blind rage and power and blood and death. And whilst some of that I'm on board with, uh, there's a lot of it that it makes me worried that I'm going to break the commandments that I've always felt are part of me. And he he stands and kind of turns um, with his ha- his hands uh, held behind, like clasped behind his back, and he goes over to um, the wall and he looks at the symbol of Tempest. And he says, uh, goes up there and says, as he looks up, Borash, when you first became a follower of Tempest, when you first were converted to that way, you could have killed as much as you wished, fought and destroyed as much as you wished, without worshipping anyone. Why did you choose Tempest, the Lord of Battles, when you could easily have been a savage destroyed everything around you, as fighters often do. Why follow this path? I kind of lean back in my chair a little bit. People should take up arms to protect what they hold dear. And the thing about the thing about war is it's fair. Everyone's armed, and you can protect and fight for what you value. And he says, and what do you value? I value my tribe. He nods. Be it, be it back in Palashuk, be it the companions I'm traveling with now. And he said, if I put you in a room and you were the only thing between your tribe, your family, your companions, and a group of ten highly trained, heavily armed warriors, and I gave you nothing but your own fists to fight with, what would you do? I would defend them, if that's all I had. Even if it goes against being armed in a fight, if they don't follow Tempest, it doesn't mean I shouldn't. And he turns and he says, would you succeed? Or die trying. I didn't ask that. I asked you if you would succeed. I think so. He says, You must know so, Urash. You must know so to the depth of your being. Because the followers of Tempest believe in the Lord of Battles. This thing that you have here, this curse, is a weapon. It is a tool. It serves us, and it serves our will. Tempest fought off his enemies with nothing but his bare hands, and if he had had those taken from him, he would have fought with his teeth or anything he had left. 
such that he would make sure that he won the battle. It is your will that makes you a faithful servant of Tempest. You, not the weapon. It is not the strength of the steel, but the skill of the wielder, the will of the one who holds it. This curse you worry about is a curse you can deny. It is a curse you can fight. It is a curse you can defeat. And he turns and he says, When I was young, a group of invaders came to my village. Like you, I came from away, a good distance. I had only my family, my mother, my father, and my brother. The invaders came. They killed my brother. And I did not help them. And do you know why, Urash, I did not help my brother? And he turns back and looks at you. You can see sort of the relentless grief of his gaze through the strength of it. No, please tell me. I did not help him because I was too weak. Because I was afraid. Because I felt I had no weapons. They killed my brother. I heard his screams. And then they came for my parents. And when they did that, Urash, something changed in me. I said, whether or not I am to die this day, I will fight until I can no longer. And, Urash, as I stepped forward, I saw the fear in their eyes. For the first time, someone had stood up to them and had said, the time for you to win is not today. I killed them, Urash. I killed them, though I had no weapon with which to do it. I saved my parents in a way that I could not save my brother. And I swore myself that day to find someone that was worthy of the sacrifice I intended to make, not just then, but every day until the end of my life, as payment to redeem the loss of my brother. I have done that ever since. I have risen to this position in the Temple of Tempest because of my commitment to my faith and my belief that under no circumstances will I lose when honor is at the stake. There, in the sanctuary, when I swung my axe at you and you bore me to the ground, had I chosen, I would have killed you. But then I imagine you think that you would have killed me. It is our determination, our belief, that wins the day. You are a faithful member of Tempest for every second that you remember that you are. You will defend your tribe if you have the strength to do it. Do not question the curse. Question yourself and find your answer. Adrian, you kind of see, you see Arash sitting a little bit straighter, holding his chest out a little bit more. There's clearly, there's, there's pride swelling there. And he crosses his arms in front of him and he says, Now, as far as the business of magic, if you speak to a wizard, no doubt they will tell you that this is something which can only be removed by etc. blah, and he goes on to this thing, sort of like, you almost, you know, like making little mouth noises. He says, <laughs> I am giving you permission to ignore them. Yes, there may be things which may help you break this curse magically. If you find them, you may, if you wish, pursue those courses. But even without a curse, Urash, you will remain as you are if you cannot conquer your inner doubts and fears. Believe in yourself and the will of Tempest and you will not fail. And so you may remember this. And he uh, leans back, and there's a, one drawer in the desk, and he kind of pulls it out. And he uh, pulls out this little, what looks like kind of a symbol. It looks almost like a small symbol, um, but it's raised of the Tempest, you know, dagger shield thing. And it's a small symbol, and it's raised. And he says, you see this? And he holds it out to you. Um, it's made of metal, it seems. Okay, I'll take it. It's burning hot. What do you do when you take it? I hold it. Okay. So you hold on to it, and you feel like it's like, Arr! 
burn like it's burning your flesh like oh god you know but you're like holding on to it and he says what do you feel Urash? I feel it's it's burning it's so hot yes what does that reflect what does that come from it is pure metal how can it be burning you is it is it me is it coming from me yes it is you it comes from you it comes from your internal will it comes from your desire to kill in the name of honor and justice it is not the will of the savage but the will of the disciplined warrior that is what this is if you remember that this will be with you always and he forces your hand open and all of a sudden it is completely cool and your hand is not marked at all he says I give this to you you may hold on to it in those moments hold this and remember this too is only a symbol of what you are remember it I nod and I pocket the, uh, the symbol okay and he says now if you have a desire to serve Tempest you may return to us in the future we may have tasks for you to fulfill but for now you may go with Tempest's blessing it was always within you anyway I thank you for your words and your your wisdom my faith was shaken but now I feel it brighter and hotter than ever this and I motion to the axe does not define my faith I define my faith and I thank you for your help with this I'll pick the axe up and I kind of I look at it differently than I did when I put it down when I put it down it was a sense of almost sadness that I was looking at the axe and now I just look at it as though I'm happy but like it's part of me now and I just I put it back on my back okay and uh, he uh, nods and he holds out one sort of arm you know metal armed like uh, armored hand armored you know arm yep and um, if you will, he sort of holds it out like he wants to clasp it. Yeah, you know, absolutely, clasp his arm. So you do that, and he says, Go in peace, my son. He says, But when necessary, go in war. I nod. I say, Tempest, thanks you. And he nods, and then he releases it, and he stands with his arms folded as you depart. Um, I... Go, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, that's it. I, I feel... I feel... Rush feels much better about everything now as he leaves. Where are you going, Rush? Now, are you heading back? To- uh, I'm going to go back to the tavern. Okay. So, um, the uh, so again, Selsig is here with River, and you've got these four very firm, sort of stern-looking guards next to the innkeeper and Greta. You're just sort of standing on the stairs, and so the guard has just said to you, "I hear we've got a gambling outfit going on here," and he is looking at you, Selsig. Uh, nothing of the sort. It was a bit of honest fun that got out of hand, really. My friends just arrived in the city, came for a bite to eat. Uh, friendly wager with a friend. Uh, to him, I go, hey, buggered off. Anyway, <laughs> what, suddenly it got out of hand. Uh, I certainly was not intending to break any laws. Um, and he says, uh, you realize that anyone entering Waterdeep, even those from the outside, are required to buy a license if they're going to run a gambling establishment. And, and he turns to look at the innkeeper, you ought to know this as much as anyone else, Renfill. And um, the guy in question is like, oh, I had nothing to do with this. These are just people standing there. The next thing I know, they're conducting some some eating contest with, with her. And he points at River. And River, you sort of are like, you have like a little bit of grease of the pig like on the side of your mouth. You're like, uh... As he's sort of pointing at you. And uh, one of the guards looks at you and says, Well, what do you have to say for yourself? He's looking at you, River. Um, uh, it was really good pig. The arms folded, like not, <laughs> not no reaction. <laughs> that's, that's, I, I, like, I can't understand why he's upset. <laughs> Did you want some? <laughs> and he's, he's like, were you attempting to gamble with this halfling? And he points at Selsig. No, I just wanted to eat dinner. 
and he kind of looks at you and then looks at some of his companions. His companions are kind of like, mm. and then one of them catches sight of you, Greta. Is like, what are you looking at? Um, <laughs> just uh, I'm I'm waiting until you're finished because I need to talk to the the innkeeper here. Don't mind me. And I also still have a pale ale somewhere. And he says, "Well, do you have anything to do with these people?" Yes. <laughs> and he says, "And what might that be?" We're traveling companions. And he says, "Are you part of this trembling, gambling, eating ring?" No, no, most certainly not. There was no trembling, ambling, gambling ring. I would have... <laughs> no. This was just River eating a pig. And he looks down at the uh, notes and money and bills that are at Selsig's feet. And he's like, And what exactly, pray tell, is that? I don't know. What is that? Like I said, uh, things definitely got out of hand. Uh, but believe me, we are not some sort of organization. We're barely organized at all. <laughs> <laughs> he... <laughs> I like the idea that that's the actual laugh. And he's just kind of like... So he, he sort of, uh, he kind of shakes, uh, he sort of shakes his head, and um, he's like, I don't know whether to believe you, and he pauses, or to believe you're an idiot. And he stops, he thinks, I don't think you're an idiot, though. He said, all right, listen. And he kind of looks at you, he says, this can't stand. I'm going to have to take you in. And uh, you're all sort of staring at each other. And then from behind you, Greta says, from behind you, Greta, you hear someone say, but wait, what if someone could pay for their crime? And the voice sounds very familiar, Greta. Like, you're sure you've heard this voice. And, um... I I try to get out of his way, just in case he's trying to murder somebody again. It's Diego Maradona. Yes, exactly. It's the ball. <laughs> it is that. No, yeah. not, no, 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 no. no, no. Okay, it's not that voice. I'm trying to murder somebody. <laughs> then I turn and attack him. Yeah. No. no. Um, that is not the case. No. He. Um, so you uh, you turn and you see um, Cantabus Redbeard who is standing there, and he still has this wide-eyed look, and he's he takes every word as a step. He says, "Do you guards think?" And he gets down to the bottom stair. That these people Breaks would... Breaks song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Be your guest. No, he doesn't do that. Um, he gets down to the bottom. He's like, do you think that? Uh, he says, these people would run a gambling ring. These are people who are worthy of our protection. They are heroes. They are not of the brotherhood. This one right here, and he points at you, Greta. This one could have set me on fire, but did not. She demonstrated her open mind. And the guard looks at him. He's like kind of raving lunatic are you? He says, I am not a raving lunatic. I am, however, exceedingly wealthy, as you count it. And he takes out this bag, and he tosses it towards the guard, and the guard catches it, and Selsig, you who know something about jingling bags, hear like, <laughs> and it sounds like a good-sized bag, and guard's like, is this a bribe? And he says, it is not a bribe, it is a payment for a license, a gambling license. With a ten percent no, 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 bonus, give him a and so the guard looks back <laughs> and looks at you and looks back and he says, "A gambling license." He says, and he looks at Celsic, "Do you accept this?" And I'll think of a reason not to. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and uh, he says, the guards sort of look at each other, and the innkeeper looks completely like, "What?" He doesn't even know what's going on, and um, he and Cantabas uh, sort of looks there, still with the same wide-eyed expression. And just like he stayed there after the throwing star was thrown with his hand out, he after he tossed the bag, his hand is still taut, like, you know, frozen, like, you know, with his hand still waiting uh, for an answer. And the guard says, I, and he opens the bag, and he's like, there's got to be 500 gold in here. And Kintabis says, as I said, it was extra for the on-site fee. And there's a moment of silence, and the guard says, It's the same to me. All right, you got your gambling license. You're going to need to go pick it up in the morning. Here, and he hands you this, uh, looks like a coin almost, Celsic, but it looks like more like a, like a, like a, maybe like a, I don't know if you know the old challenge coins. It's not designed like for currency. It's kind of like a symbol of something. And he says, um, 
bring this by the town council hall tomorrow, and uh, you'll get your license. Make sure that I don't catch you gambling anywhere before then. And, um, and so the innkeeper says, Now wait a minute, what about the damages? And the guards kind of look around, and they look up at Cantabas, and they says, Why don't you get your friend there to pay for it? And they turn, and they walk out, and the innkeeper is just kind of like stuck staring. And Cantabas uh, looks at all of you and says, Well, I thought it was important to introduce myself more properly. If we're going to be roommates, I felt I should give you a little gesture of my approval. And again, sort of wide-eyed staring at you, Greta. And Celsic and River, you have no idea who the hell this guy is. Like, uh, Well, meet Mr. Redbeard, who is our um, roommate for the night. Welcome. Hi, roommate. I stride over to shake his hand. Nice to meet you. He doesn't we- shake your hand, but he says... It is my pleasure, my friend. And he kind of pivots around you with his hand still outstretched. like, And he pivots around to the side and he's kind of like, Yes, I can see that you also are not one of the Brotherhood. But you! And he turns to you, River, he says, I don't believe Dragonborns are allowed in the Brotherhood, but are you a member of this Brotherhood? Um, yeah! And I show him my Harper pin. See? He's, so, he, so when you say yeah, he kind of like takes a step back, and then he sees the Harper pin, and he's like, "But that, that is, that is a pin of the Harpers, not of the Brotherhood. Oh. That is not something to joke about. That is a very dangerous mistake. If one what believed a Harper was a member of the Brotherhood, we might all be lost, forever lost." <laughs> River just gets indignant. She's like, "But well, you were being very specific." And he's like, it is true. Perhaps I need to be more open-minded. I am Cantabus Redbeard. It is my pleasure to welcome you to share my room. Um, It is a small one, but is, of course, worthy of your presence. And now that we have helped the innkeeper, well, at least helped the guards, um, it should be easier for us to perhaps be in the same room together, if need be. Okay, um, let's um, collect our stuff and get it into the room. What is the grievance the innkeeper has, actually? Uh, the grievance? Well, so there's a mm-hmm. bunch of, like, broken tables and chairs. Not not a bunch of them, but there's some broken tables and chairs and a big mess on the floor of food and stuff where all of the pig-dragon shoving match was going on, uh, basically at the end of a little betting deal. So, yeah, so he's kind of like, so he, he sort of just is like, he doesn't, he doesn't even say anything. He's just kind of like fit to be tied. You know, he just is like, ah. Um, can I just go around and use mending on all the broken stuff? Sure, if you want. You do that, and after a while, he starts to, bing, seems bing, to settle bing, down bing, a little bing. bit, and he's like, bing, bing, bing. Hmm. He's like, all right. Still doesn't explain all the lost customers, but, uh. Oh, they'll be, they'll be back. Maybe we, maybe River would like to eat another pig tomorrow or something. And he says, I'll have to see if I can find one big enough for this appetite. I assume that you're some kind of a mage or something? Uh, Me? Yes, no, River, actually, he's talking to. Yeah, why? Because you made the pig disappear. And, frankly, (laughs) no one in the long history of the Yawning Portal has been able to eat an entire pig. It was an impressive feat. Thanks. I'll have another one tomorrow. He says, uh, we will do what we can. However, I would like to ask that whether you have a gambling license or not, perhaps you not have it happen in the common room of my inn. Please. We will talk about this. It was a misunderstanding. Yeah, let's get our stuff upstairs so this can be cleaned up, new customers can come in and stuff. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Kintaba says, excellent. I shall accompany you. And then he backs up and, like, literally backs up the stairs, like, you know, with his arms still outstretched, like, this way, um, and then turns and and walks away. Um, And the innkeeper kind of looks at you and sort of shakes his head and, like, you know. I look at Celsic and say, some people are so open-minded, their thoughts fall out. And then I go upstairs as well. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the coin to my own side. What? (laughs) <laughs> uh, now, just at this point, as you folks are uh, walking in, 
are walking up the stairs, assuming that River also follows. Do you, yes. you okay? So as you are all following up the stairs, um, you're just up the stairs as Urash walks in from the outside. Urash, the uh, place here looks kind of. It looks like there was kind of a little bit of a mess here. Like there's a lot of food oh, on the ground and yeah, something like that. And uh, so you're not really sure. But the odd thing is that there's no one here. And all you see is um, the innkeeper and one of his assistants like sweeping with a broom like as you come in and then looks at you and the innkeeper says, they're upstairs. <laughs> That's up Inquisitor. I just like, I, I motioned to the floor. This was, this was us, wasn't it? <laughs> He says, in a manner of speaking, the good news is your party now has a gambling license. I don't really understand it myself. You should just Wait. go ask them. What? I don't. I'll, I'm sure I'll find out. Something. About is it like? Is it? Is it messy enough? Is it like really messy, or it's, just it's like there's just messy. bits? It's pretty messy. I'll give him a hand. I'll give him a hand cleaning up. I'll offer. I'll offer to give him a hand. Okay. He says, "Oh, thank you." And um, as you do this, he doesn't tell he doesn't really tell you a lot of the details but he does he does like mutter a lot about pigs and dragons and you don't really understand what that's about i just feel like uh, i told you it's a good magic trick um <laughs> and he sort of he sort of shakes his head and then when you're done he says all right thank you um you can uh, sleep well up there if that's what you're going to do otherwise just please um be somewhat careful all right cool thank you and thank you for your hospitality and he nods um, and uh, he heads over uh, to the bar, and presumably you could go up the... If you wanted, you could go up Rush um, to the floor. Uh, I might have another drink at the bar, if it's still open. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, exactly, classic or... Um, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Greta, Selsig, and River are up in their room, sort of chatting. Urash, do you want to be down there for a while, or do you want to join up with them? Like, are you going to be... Only about half an hour or so. Just okay. one more. Another ale before I go. I think that's fine. So we can jump forward to that half hour then. I don't think there's like a huge amount going on with Gret and Selsig and River, except that the room there is a shared room. Uh, a lot of different bunks in there, enough to be able to accommodate uh, five people. Um, and your uh, companion, Cantabis, is there. Cantabis, um, since he got back into the room, has been uh, sitting. What he looks like he's doing is like he's standing up and then quickly sits down on the bed and then kind of looks around and then stands back up again, then sits down again like it's some kind of like either it's either a exercise workout or a ritual uh do something and he's so he's doing that repeatedly and so Urash, when you are told where the room is and you come in the room you see greta and selsig and river all sitting on beds having presumably chatted with each other and then you see this um red bearded dwarf who keeps standing up and then sitting down in his bed and when he sees you he freezes and he says you are you one of the brotherhood which brotherhood? I, I, I mouth towards, towards words. Say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say no. And he says, very good. I am pleased to hear it. I am Cantabus Redbeard, and these are my roommates. Here we have Greta Guldenfire, who does not set people on fire, unless necessary, perhaps. Here we have Selsig Mar, who is the owner of gambling. And last but certainly not least, we have River, who consumes whole pigs. Uh, yeah, okay, oh, my, my name's Urash. Um, I'm actually, I've, I've traveled with these people before um, we came here together. Ah, it is my great pleasure. And he bows low. Uh, it's a pleasure. So, so whereabouts are you from? Uh, and he says, I am from the far north where I began my journey of enlightenment towards understanding the true reality of things. It is there where I learned to become open-minded, and yet it is here where I have learned to fight against the Brotherhood. Far North, that's, that's near... Oh, I was I was born and raised in the Far North. Are you, you know, Sea of Moving Ice Far North? Are you the Saar Far North? Not that far. You're, um, okay. you're Saar, yes. Not the Sea of Moving Ice, though. I was born and raised by foster parents and they were the ones who told me the importance of working together to determine things of learning what my path should be you see they said that when they found me i was found in a field um and apparently my family had been slaughtered around me i had survived although apparently i had taken several nasty knocks fortunately though there were no permanent effects and he kind of swings around left and right. Um, and he says, 
but I did learn the importance of open-mindedness. My foster parents taught me many things, but the most important was that the people who had killed my true family were from the Brotherhood. Since then, I have known that the Brotherhood seeks my end, and I seek theirs once I have discovered enlightenment through the power of open-mindedness. This is why I have decided to room with you. For this, and he points to Greta, this person here could have killed me with fire, yet chose not to. That demonstrates her quality. Yes, she's she's very good at that as well. So I would I would you know if if she says it was possible, hundred percent it was possible. So he says very well. Uh, what may I ask? Are you doing here in Waterdeep? I look to the rest of the party. <laughs> We're going to the ball. The ball, and he says, the ball of Lord Roaringhorn. Yes, everyone knows of it. There may be some Brotherhood members there, but if you must dance at the ball, then you will have to learn to dance. You will have to learn to dance well. Fortunately, I am a skilled dancer. And he throws <laughs> up his hand, and then he does several rotations, like da 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 da, -da. Like, but it looks... No, like yeah. He does several rotations. Well, he does several <laughs> rotations. This does not look like a real... It looks like this is what a five-year-old would think a dance is. Like, he's kind of like... Uh, so he does this and he's like, I would be willing to teach you if need be as proof of my desire for positive, com positive relationships with my roommates. Um, I think we're good. I think we already have a teacher, right guys? Who is your teacher? Then? What was the name? Jefferson? Stevenson? And she says, I do not know Jefferson. It was a bad 70s sitcom. But Stevenson, I do know. And Stevenson, he says, um, and he says, uh, Master Stevenson, yes, he is a skilled dancer, perhaps even more skilled than me. Yes, if you can learn from him, you should. But I warn you, he is very thorough, and he will demand open-mindedness from you. Okay. That works. Was gonna... She doesn't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> he does seem to use it as a catch-all for everything like you know it's sort of like like calling everything like in smurfs you know like smurf this smurf that like everything is basically just open-minded this open-minded that um and so he says um very well uh but i would warn you it is now almost five bells past the middle of the clock and at the five bells, Lord Stevenson, uh, rather, Master Stevenson, will in all likelihood be closed, especially here at the ball. You see, he will be attending himself. Many of his students are some of the lords and ladies who dance there. If you wish to learn from him, you will need to go there before this happens. I turn to the others. Yeah, we should probably go. Yep, okay, maybe we should already grab our um, good clothes, leave our valuables behind, and be ready for the ball. He said, I will watch your valuables. Fear not. No one will enter this room beyond my sight. You may be protected here, while you go to the ball to Lord Roaringhorn and do the power of dance. Yeah, Ro Lord Roaringhorn. I... Take your papers, Urash. We're gonna need them. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to conceal a lockpick on my person as well. Okay. Yeah, please let me know what, because presumably you're going from Master Stevenson to the ball. So whatever you're going, you know, you need to make sure you got that. I'm also going to be keeping my stuff with the barkeep. Me too. Okay. And the magical traps. He says, that is also an alternative, although slightly inferior. Yeah. Well, that's fine. I've seen that trap work. Okay. So I'm okay with that one so far. All right. So he nods and he says, in that case, my friends, I wish you good luck. Uh, would there be, I don't suppose there'd be an easy way. How big is a potion of healing? Uh, it's not, I mean, like... <laughs> like, is it, it could slip into a pocket and not be noticed? Or is uh, it a big pocket. No, 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 it would have, it would, it could slide into a big pocket. Would my suit happen to have a big pocket like that? Sure, but, but, it's also made of glass. So be aware <laughs> that if anything crushes you it runs the risk of being crushed. That said, though, yes, the suit would be able to carry that. Uh, is a potion of extra healing same bigger size. than a normal? No, same, same, size. Size. same, same size. Same size, just yeah. different, different. Okay. Yep. I'm going to take my potion of extra healing and my symbol of tempest. That's okay. it. River, what are you taking? <laughs> the pig's bones. I no. don't have anything oh. in the pig's bones. <laughs> so, Jeff, no, other, just your, like, are you, care one sec, uh, let me just finish yeah, this. Yeah. Are you taking anything else? Like, I mean, 
you know, weaponry cloaks? Like, I mean, what, what are you, because, like... I'm, I don't think that I can take anything, actually. Okay. Because I have a quarter staff and two daggers, and I'm pretty sure neither of those are very concealable. True. Um, so, fortunately, yeah, no, as a sorcerer, this is not as big a deal. All right, so you're going to be carrying that. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's right. Mike, what else are you bringing? Uh, you know the um, necklace that our stops guy gave me? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to wear that under my suit. Okay. I dig it. Um, Celsig, what are you bringing besides the lockpick? Yeah, I'm just trying to debate whether trying to conceal a dagger is a good idea because if they <laughs> search me, <laughs> like a lockpick they could probably avoid because it's like in my shoe. I am literally standing on it. As you're but... thinking about this, um, Cantabas says, perhaps they will be as open minded as I am. <laughs> as much as I okay. like my gambling license, I wouldn't like to bet on that. I'm <laughs> uh, just having a quick look. I'm gonna bring the pixie dust, just in case. <laughs> That's a guy, jail free card. Urash, will you be Hello. able to leave the eggs behind? I do you know what I'm feeling a lot better about the the whole curse and the whole relationship that I've got with his act. I'm I'm feeling relatively confident that I should be able to leave it behind. I'm coming back to it. So okay. it's like it's like a kid. Grown ups always come back. Yeah. I always come back for the axe. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this does this does also tell me if we not if, if for some unknown reason I have the the impression that we're going to be leaving War Deep in a rush. I don't know why, yeah. but. If we're not, I'd like to swing back to the Temple of Tempest because I'd like to, if we know where we're going next, I'd like to maybe do some work for them in his name. Um, but that's that's just a, a thing that I'd like to do if we have time. Okay. Um, so, Celsic, I'm sorry, dagger, yes or no? I, I apologize. Uh, no on the dagger. No on the dagger, but so uh, just the lockpick? No. Yeah. Got it. Uh, by the way, and no armor either for anybody, right? So far? Yeah. Not a worry. No. Okay. I did think I'd try to wear it under the suit, but... The suit, the suit is more clothing than I wear normally. I'm literally wearing... <laughs> that's true. So, and Celsic, I, I will... Celsic, I'll tell you that that suit is probably not going to conceal armor. I'm no. just letting you know, even leather. <laughs> Tailored, so probably not a lot of spare You can wear it on top of the suit, but I mean, like... It... <laughs> what is this? It's a new fashion statement. Uh, Greta, are you carrying anything with you? Um, do I have a little handbag or something? Uh, yeah, as part of it, an accessory, as part of the uh, ensemble. Okay, well, I'm um, taking my, my holy symbol on a chain. And um, if I can, I will also take a little tinder box. I don't know how big they are, but if they are small, I will, <laughs> I will take one of them. She's not gonna swipe left or right. Man. It's a totally different tinderbox. Okay, so you're carrying it. You're carrying a tinderbox. Uh, <laughs> you're carrying a tinder. You're carrying. Is a that what you cool kids call your smartphones? <laughs> it's what they cool kids now. call it these days. So you care. So yes, you're gonna bring the tinderbox. Are you? So you're putting this in the handbag. So just so I'm clear, tinderbox and what else? Uh, my my holy symbol. Okay, that's probably gonna be as much as you can fit into a small handbag. These things do yeah, not have. Yeah, that's one a, of them. Okay. That's 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 totally fine. These are the two things I want to to take. With Got me. it. All right, so uh, and and of course now I like carry over my arm the the, the good clothes so that we can change into them when we are at the Marcia Stevenson's house. Okay, I'm not gonna run in in a dress all through the city. So you are wearing <laughs> your regular clothing right now, but you've got yes. the dress with you, but no armor though, right? No, nothing. Okay, got it. All right, so as I don't I don't like how often you're asking that. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure. So I just want to be clear, no armor. No, the reason is I just have to make sure about like what everyone appear, it looks like. So It's fine, I'll be their armor, it's okay. Right, I just, I just want to know how much damage you're going to take. I mean, uh, no, 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 I'm just joking. I just want to make Why sure you know what you're wearing. Potion of extra healing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so you um, all walk down the stairs, the much cleaner in now as you get there um, and out the front door. And as you head off uh, down the street as you were heading up to Master Stevenson's, um, you none of you noticed because you were engaged in conversation thinking about stevenson and then the ball to come uh, i'm just like should we have taken money or will it be a free bar <laughs> i look down at my suit and go is that a trick question <laughs> and as you're walking some of you dressed to the nines some of you with your clothing over your arm uh none of you notice a small figure in a blue cloak blindfolded who watches after you smiles and then is gone into the shadows 